Well, good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Today we're blessed to hear from one of our own members, Derek McIntyre, as he challenges us, according to God's Word, to take an evaluation of our sin and learn to look to Christ as the source of all our hope. Too frequently, we as modern Christians take our eyes off of Christ, thinking that we can live this life in our own strength, when we clearly know otherwise. Thanks for joining us as Derek leads us through an honest and humbling passage from Romans chapter 7. Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me? Can you hear me all right? talk fairly quiet sometimes, so just want to make sure. Um, good to see everyone here. It's a pretty good crowd, really. Uh, we used to play hockey. It, uh, I always hated it when the crowds weren't that big, because you could pick out the hecklers easier. So it's good, good to see there's a fair amount of people here, so that people start throwing stuff at me. I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> All right. Well, so the message today is going to be called The Inability to Follow Instructions. And uh, pictured here, you see a younger, apparently redder-faced version of me with a little bit more hair. Uh, this was about, about seven years ago, um, before our oldest son, Herb, was born. Uh, I got a, a burr under my saddle after coming home from work one day and realized that, indeed, a baby really was going to be coming, and I should probably start putting stuff together. So I put together the changing table, crib, and I think a couple other things kind of all in one night. And it was plenty early, but... Uh, well, those that have been through kind of understand. All right, so in my experience, when it comes to instructions and directions, there's kind of three types of people, right? You have a 2 T people. These are the type of people that, when you talk to them, they can tell you about diagram G7 on page 723. They can tell you what comes before that, what comes after that, and maybe even help the little hints in between there to help you get it, get it done right. Right. The next type of people are the just-get-me-started people. They'll open up the instructions, you know what we're talking about. They open it up, they kind of get going along, and then they're like, all right, I'll take it from here. I got this box. I don't, I don't need you. <laughs> all right, the last people, I call them the coffee, <coughs> excuse me, uh, coffee and cover people. They basically fill up a cup of coffee, look at the box, look at the cover, and say, I got this. They don't, <laughs> they don't need anything else, right? They, they, they can kind of take it from there. All right, so when it comes to me, what, 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 what do I think I am and what am I really? All right, in my head, I like to think I'm a to a T guy, but uh, in reality, I'm not. I, I, I'm kind of in the middle. I, I'll follow the directions, and at a certain point, I, I say I, I go freestyle, and usually it leads to, <laughs> leads to trouble. So the picture here is my wife, Mindy, and our, our youngest daughter, their friend. And in the spring, as a gift, my mom got the kids a trampoline like as a joint as a joint present and for whatever reason I was recovering from the flu and I decided that was the day that I wanted to put it together and so so I went out there and had the I had the instructions I'm going through it put the frame together I'm like okay yeah following along and then there's those of you that have done it will understand you you put in the spring on one side and you put in the spring on the opposite side and you kind of work your way then you can kind of fill in the middle so I do the two sides. I'm like, oh, I got this. I got the tool. And go around, pop every single spring in. I'm like, nice. Done. Done. Did it. Go back. The very next instructions, I see the protective netting still in the box. The very next instruction was to hook that protective netting into every single spring. 
So I got to go through and redo every single spring. All right, so kind of relating it back to, to people in general and how we live our lives day to day. Um, we, we have the instructions, um, and God has given them to us. Uh, it's, you see a lot of people searching in different ways as to how to live their life, uh, and the answer is it's usually a lot more simple than how we make it out to be. We, we already have those instructions. Uh, following the instructions, you end up not being the, uh, the person that's going through redoing all the springs on the trampoline, so to speak. You're, as, as this series is called, you're following the master's design, and things will run, run a lot more smoothly. We're not going through having to be Mr. Fix-It all the time. Also, by having the instructions, we'll actually know what we're supposed to do instead of thinking we know what we're supposed to do. So before coming to faith, you'll see folks, and myself included, trying to search for something and thinking we know how we're supposed to live our lives. By following God's instructions, we will actually know how to live our lives. All right. Now, here's the kicker. Just like me, can we actually follow the instructions? All right. If It's too much text to fit on the screen, so if everyone can open up to uh, Romans 7 in their pew Bibles or their own Bibles. I don't know what page that is. If someone can help me out. 1608. 1608. Page 1608. All right. So leading up to Romans 7, Paul's kind of going through how, how we obtain righteousness, and it's through faith, and also how we are, and with original sin, that has gone away as well with, with Christ's death. And then in Romans 7, he talks about the relationship between sin and the law. And that's kind of what a portion there that when I was going through this really stood out to me and I wanted to share it. So we'll, be, we'll start at 14 and we'll roll through 25, uh, starting at verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I, not do, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. All right, so we'll kind of break that down. It's a mouthful. Um, some observations from it. The first observation is that people carry sin like a disease. We all have it with us from birth, and it's, it's always with us. Um, going, you know, looking back at the, at the scripture there, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but I don't have the ability to carry it out. I think most of us can relate to that. I know 
I think that was kind of really struggle for me first coming to faith was that that wrestling. Um, going back to Matthew 26, uh, let's go through some some parallels here in the Bible. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. And Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said, disciples said the same. All right, so fast forward to Jesus' arrest and uh, Peter following him back to where he's being held. All right, so now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. So he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those sitting there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call out down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. So that's kind of a stark example of not being able to carry through on what you actually want to do. So Peter, you know, declared to Jesus that he would die before he disowned him. And then when the time came, he wasn't able to do it. He succumbed to his body and his own self-preservation and denied him three times. Uh, next observation is there is a constant battle with sin. And because of, of sin, our own bodies, they, they work against us. So going back to the original text in, seven verse, in Romans 7, verses 21 through 23. Uh, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind, and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. All right, we're going to go back to Matthew 26 again, this time verses 36 to 41. Then Jesus went to his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken away from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray, so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So again, an example of people kind of succumbing to their bodies here. Jesus asks, the disciples to stay and keep watch with them. And uh, they didn't even make it an hour. It's, you know, when you read that, that's pretty shocking, right? It's to call, call them out for that. I'm sure they wanted to stay awake. I mean, they're, that's their Lord and Savior, but ultimately they succumbed to their bodies. Then even here, as uh, Pastor Rice pointed out before, um, Jesus asking for 
that got to be taken with taken from him, but not as he will as his will, but but God's will, because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. All right, so I kind of got the bad stuff all the way and go on to the to the good news here. We are delivered from our sin thanks to to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. All right, Romans 7, 24 through 25. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of, the law of sin. So thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Uh, when I was going through this, kind of a, you know, not nearly as dramatic of, the, of an example, but I got to thinking about New Year's Eve and New Year's resolutions. And I was curious what the latest stats were on that. Um, and it's 80% of people's New Year's resolutions are failed by February. So it's kind of, I'm like, man, what a great example of us not being able to do what we want to do. Because uh, most of the time, it's, we're trying to get rid of things that are wants, not needs. And generally, it's things that would be better for us. And... You know, we, most people can't can't make it to February. So, all right. So, kind of some conclusions from the text. Uh, the first conclusion is uh, we are not our sin. Uh, Paul makes a point to delineate between the two of them multiple times. Um, going back to it in verse seventeen. So now, so now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. In uh, verse twenty, just to kind of hammer home the point. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So the same exact wording. In verses 22 through 23, For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. So again, separation of sin in, in the body and his mind wanting to do the right thing. All right. The second, conclu uh, second conclusion is uh, we can't conquer sin on our own. It's impossible. That's the kind of the crux of uh, Romans 7 and a lot of Romans in general is that we, we, they're, they're unable to follow the law. So going to verse 18, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh, or desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. And going back to uh, 24, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So that's, that's the way. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. Alright, last conclusion is we're delivered by faith and not by works. So we can't, there's no way for us to earn it. We've already proven that we can't through, through the history of time before Jesus came, that there, they, no one was able to follow the law. Um, Paul actually goes in earlier in 7, points out that because of the law, he didn't even know what it was to covet until he was told not to covet. Now he covets all the time. Of course, that's a gross paraphrase, but you're with me. All right, so going back to Romans 4, uh, verses 4 through 5. Um, now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, 
His faith is counted as righteousness. Back to Psalm 32, verses 1 through 2. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the, is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. So going back to the text we read earlier as well, um, thanks be to God for making us white as snow. All right. Lastly, uh, how can we apply this to our, our, our day-to-day, apply it to our lives? Um, first of all, we need to confess our sins, recognize them for what they are, and by and understand that we can't do it on our own. Uh, we, need, we need Jesus and we need the Spirit working in us to overcome our bodies and make the proper choices um, based on the instructions. We need to embrace the gospel and what it teaches us, so we need to, to live accordingly to that. Um, we need to pursue Jesus, and we need to follow the example set by him and the apostles. So by pursuing, we need to, we need to pray, we need to read the scripture, and we need to fully understand what we're reading so that we can follow the directions and the instructions as, as was intended. Uh, leading, uh, the big thing that always sticks out to me is the Last Supper, Jesus washing, washing the feet. Um, that's, you know, that's an example of a, of a leader. Um, also the apostles uh, Paul in this example he's not um, from a, he's not talking from a place of judgment he's talking about from a place of his own struggle and I think we can all relate to that and I think we can all apply that to our lives when, when leading as Christians um, lastly we need to set our minds on the spirit and only through that will we be able to do what we really want to do and we can overcome our body's temptations uh, in closing, we'll go with uh, Romans 8, verse 5 through 6. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on, things, on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Thanks be to God.